And welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of accidentally calling your teacher mum. We ask the big questions such as, have I seen this movie before? Why am I making me watch it again? And is that you? Man, that was disgusting. What the fuck have you been eating? Well, it was me. <laughs> no, I didn't Tattoo. mean to answer it. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were asking me a question. People ask me, ask me a question. I like questions. to answer. Bong. No, what has he been eating? Yeah. What has he been doing? It was me, but for the sake of the podcast, we decided not to open a window and we'll just have to stew in our own filth for a while. Exactly. Bit. That's it. Nice. You can't, you can't smell the warmth coming from the microphone. It's very warm. <laughs> it is warm in this flat. It's a separate, as a separate piece. Mario's working from home this afternoon and so it's nice to be able to crank the heating up a little bit in this cold time of year that we are recording. Now, uh, this is a show dedicated to going through the music in movies. We look at the pairing of why the music was chosen for the movie in question. We discuss it. We maybe make some sly remarks and comments. We probably misinterpret it a couple of times. And we don't then, care though. And we don't care. We actually yeah, exactly. We do. But we, you know, we like it when you care. This week we've had an overwhelming response from the new No Time to Die theme that has been dropped by Billy Eilish. We talked a little bit about it last week. And so this episode of the show is gonna be another special. Today we're gonna be looking at all of the Bond films, the themes that are attached to them, and the scores that they use. And I guess just going through some sort of arbitrary rating system that we sort of came up with over the phone yep. not, not about half an hour ago or so. Yeah. But before we get into that, we have our first segment, Shit What We See on the Tube. Yes. <laughs> are you ready to go? Do you? Oh, yeah. I've got something that I've Oh, got. you've got something. I'd, I can't say that I noticed anything no. weird between the, last week and this week on the, on the tube. Yeah. Um, but you've got one, so I, go. I had a really funny example of one. So I'm currently using the district line for a lot of my days. And I had a really interesting uh, opportunity to either say something or not say something. Guess what I did? I just kept my head down. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> didn't, didn't you don't. You see, so, you see something on the tube or in real life and... It, it it warrants commentary, but do you do it? No. Yeah, it, yeah, no, yeah, and you, you don't. And you, you just, belate it on a podcast yeah, like this, and you, you just 
you get the upper hand. You, you huff a little bit and you roll your eyes and then you just put your head down <laughs> and hide. continue playing Candy Crush or whatever the fuck it is. You're Fake doing. a foreign accent. I don't know. I don't understand. I was on the district line and obviously uh, now and again chaps will get on there to try and sell big issue or stuff like this we got the homeless community in london um but they're discouraged from selling stuff on the underground and what was really funny was this guy got on he was very vocal in the in the compartment hello ladies and gentlemen i am homeless i know i am a sight for sore eyes i know i don't look like the sort of people you usually deal with but this indeed is what a homeless person looks like now before any of you start getting your phones out and writing this down or filming me i've had multiple multiple complaints to TFL and it doesn't it doesn't work it goes straight to my head office and I am my head office and he's just he was just like full on with it I mean you'd have to you'd have to do that to grab people's attention to he did and I tell you what he was grabbing it I mean never have I seen people squirm and sly away from someone so much in my whole life because not only have you got this guy who's obviously just selling himself and selling his big issue product well it's a, it's a very tricky it's a very tricky situation to be put in because we do have, especially in London, we do have a massive homeless uh, population problem. Mm. But there's something that you just can't control—a reaction that you just can't control when somebody it's an odd one. when somebody solicits you in a sealed underground tube yeah. where you can't where yeah. you can't make the decision to engage or not. Because let's be fair, sometimes we can engage yep. and sometimes we can't engage. But in that scenario, you're forced to and regardless of your intentions, it makes you feel uncomfortable. I, I at least, I at least on this, I, at least I'll say, you know, I'll look at them in the eye and say, no, no, sorry, mate. So, sorry, mate. Because yeah. at least just that, that ounce of dignity is just, just there. But this, this was an odd situation. He wasn't even like, I think he was more making a statement as he was shouting through the tube. Car. I mean, it, it was rush hour. Yeah. Was, I think he was just doing it more as a statement than anything. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess like find, find, find do this. But yeah, it was, it was a bit odd. But that was what I, that was what I saw on it's the definitely tube. Definitely an experience on the tube. Oh I'll shit! What I, shit! What I see on the tube. Anything else up top before we go on with this one? Oh, the Oscars. We wanted to do a little, do oh, a little yeah, debrief on the Oscars episode. Yeah, of course. Um, do we want to go in reverse order from our last summary? So we did song score. Best picture. Yeah. You your thing for best picture. You said. 19- I said nineteen seventeen. Uh huh. What did I what did I say? You said <laughs> parasite. Oh. Ba, ba, da, 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 I gotta <laughs> hand it to you. I gotta <laughs> hand it to you. Now, ask me if I think that parasite deserved it. Oh, you saw it just last night, didn't I you? I saw it last night. Do you think it deserved it? It one hundred percent deserves it. Wasn't it just one of the best films ever? It is. To to quote Mark Kermode, okay, it was oh shit, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice, that's uh, a fun quote from Mark Shermode. Oh, shit, what, shit, what did he say? Mark, I'll let, Mark I'll Shermode. Mark, Mark Shermode. Mark Kermode. Mark Kermode. Mark Kermode. <laughs> he Kermode. said he said a Titanically good movie or something. Okay, and honestly, it was unreal. I had no idea what that movie was going to be. Even when it when it started, starts one place, takes you somewhere else, ends somewhere completely different, and yes. you're left sat there going, "Wow." I think that the end. I mean, I guess we won't do spoilers because it is still a very fresh film. But all I can say is go out and see this. But Definitely, I think you, I think you, think you summarized that in a really great way because this this is a movie that it. it, it I obviously comparing this to 1917 because we finished with 1917. We left the cinema. And we were like, "Oh my god, that was incredible." Yeah, but. 
Parasite did something almost completely different. It almost redefined storytelling. Like it was just, it was simple storytelling in a completely new way. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was really good. Do you know what? Do you know what it made me wish though? Maybe wish that that I knew Korean. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But if yeah, I, I messaged my I messaged my mate in Korea. He lives in Seoul, and I was like, I just saw this movie. Movie it made me think of you. Like, yeah. it must be amazing to see that in its own language because yes. I've always thought like with other art forms and things like that. It's the it's the only thing that's really made me want to learn a foreign language. I'll provide that by saying I haven't. No, <laughs> but no, that but yeah. the only thing that would make me want to learn a foreign language is you know to a bit of French. engage I mean, not... voulez-vous avez make passage what is it <laughs> lady marble <laughs> voulez-vous coucher avec moi yeah. said in a very obnoxious scottish accent oh i'll uh, come over to your place yes would yeah. you like to come home with me no but do you not wish you that you could experience foreign art yeah, no, I in its own language no. I I think that actually this film was different because you... I forgot I was reading the subtitles. No, so did I. But, you know, I don't think we could really yeah. confidently say that we got everything as okay. if we could experience it in the original language. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I didn't think that, actually. Yeah, I guess that's a really good point. Because I, I forgot. Uh, yeah. I, I reckon within the halfway through the first third of the movie, I stopped... I stopped actively reading the subtitles, mm. and I was just watching the movie. Yeah, like coming over me, and I've and because I think the first ten minutes, maybe you're going right, movie subtitles, movie subtitles, like, yeah, for about ten minutes, and then it all blends into one, and it's yeah. absolutely fine. But you know, I still reckon there's a lot of stuff that you miss. If you yeah, I, I, yeah, that's if fair you're enough. not native. Quickly going through next, we had the best score. What was your yeah. thoughts of this? Well. I think I went off on one on the Oscars episode about how I wanted John Williams to win it uh -huh. because personally I just think any John Williams, especially a Star Wars John Williams, is always an Oscar winner just because he's titanically good. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know that's obviously the soft spot for him. But what do you think of the result, though? What do you? I mean, it's definitely a Oscar-winning score quality-wise. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to look at. I, I just think the the lineup for best original score was so so good mm. that any of them, more or less, could have won it mm. for for best original. But score. very progress. I mean, obviously for for the Oscars. I mean, what a year when you have the, a female as the best original score, yeah. and you and you have a foreign film as. I mean, that that will go down history as a, yeah. as, a as a as a. I I I I read a lot of places where they said this year the Oscars just kind of got it right yeah. in every sense they got it right yeah. I don't know what that means though but I, I agree with well, it I, I do think, you know what I mean that, I that's another there phrase the least number of, of snubs snubs <laughs> that's it yeah doesn't mean they got it 100% and film obviously you you got that one right that was Elton John that won yeah, the, the, um, the, very the, the film sorry the music the, the song, song. Oh, yeah. fuck me yeah. went through fucking circle I've had a long day <laughs> yeah you and me both excellent but uh, yeah, no. But I, I'm happy. I'm really pleased with everyone that that won. I'm sure the film, the the, the foreign film press will be happy that you were happy with everyone that won. They, they don't. They don't. Give, they don't give a shit. I will send them. I will send them word that Alex was happy with their with hey, their decision. They televised it for the masses. They've got to hear the masses' opinions. <laughs> Great. 
so we promised a bond uh, a bond what's the, what's it called when you watch them all back to back a bond marathon. a bond marathon yes in that... an audible form oh really and mm. we're gonna we're gonna do what we always do and slightly miss the mark and not quite deliver we're like a vegetarian meal you're always a little bit hungry after you've eaten uh, and yeah. so I guess to start off well, how many how many how many bond films did you watch in the last week in preparation <laughs> with Bond films like so the problem is there's 24 there's of them there's 24 of them <laughs> there's 24 of them in no particular order with no sequence I mean I this is the thing this is the thing with this sequence you could you could for a large percentage of some of the Roger Moore's and the Sean Corners you could watch them in any order yeah. it doesn't really matter does no. it you watch any of them the, in any order. In any, well, yeah, I, I guess some of the older ones, obviously the 60s, they do look dated. Yeah. But I mean... The, well, the, you the, couldn't watch the Daniel Craig ones because they have a story. Well, that's Ugh. it, yeah. And what, I guess we'll get to that when we, when we talk this. So I guess we'll finish with Daniel Craig and yeah. No Time to Die and Billy Eilish's yeah. theme and we can sort of discuss that. But let's go right back to the beginning. The inception of James Bond, as it were. Now, fun fact for you all, Doctor No was not the first film, but... Casino Royale was the first book. Sorry, Doctor No was not the first book. Casino Royale was the first book. But Doctor No was the first film. Released in 1962, debuting Sean Connery as 007 James Bond. Hi. Uh, What's your thoughts thoughts on Sean Connery as a Bond? Well, I love Sean Connery. Yeah. As a Scot. As a Scot, yeah. (laughs) As a Scot, I love Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. Do you know what he did before he was James Bond? Baker? Was he a baker, was he? Oh, no, uh, directly directly before. Oh, okay, I don't know. He was a model. Oh, really, was yeah. he? Okay, he was a model. So I was he was in, like, magazines. <laughs> yeah, baker, model, absolutely. No, 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 you're closer than you think, because yes. before he was a baker... Mm-hmm. Baker? <laughs> before he was a model. Okay. How many mistakes are we going to make in this? That doesn't matter, does it? Exactly. Oh, my God. Before he was a model, mm-hmm. he was a milkman. Oh, okay, okay. And do you know where he was a milkman? Edinburgh. Yeah. Kostorfin. Kostorfin. That's right. So I used to he live... delivered my granddad milk. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So the fun fact that we have is that I, uh, my first, that when I was born, the home that I went home to when I was one years old was McDowell Road in Edinburgh. Yeah. And that is a, a parallel to, I think, the road that he grew up on or his mum grew up on. I forget yeah. the name of the road, but so McDowell Road area. And yeah. And, and, yeah We're all very c- proud of our yeah. claim to fame. I see him often, Sean, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's round yeah. at the flat now and again for dinner. He yeah. can't make it next Sunday, actually, though. Yeah, so he's, know, he's, he's not, not set foot no. off his Caribbean no. island in ex- 10 years, but ex- you know, exactly. that's, that's by the by. <laughs> also, he's nearly dead. So it's probably that as well that comes to Exactly, yeah. So, Doctor No. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the music for this movie. Well, it's the first instance of the Monty Norman theme. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which, oh, let's talk about the Monty Norman theme. Go on then, yeah, tell me your thoughts. It's one of of the most iconic film themes out there Mm. of the lot. You ask a complete layman about film music and just, I don't know, sing a theme. Yeah. Sing a theme from a movie, any movie. I reckon within five, I reckon within five attempts, yes. they'll have arrived at the Monty Norman James Yeah, Bond yeah, theme. yeah. I completely agree with you. It's I think you've so probably iconic. Got, you've got like Vader's March. You maybe yeah. got the Jaws theme, and I guess this. And and there's the kind of yeah. I think all of those themes are some of the more recognizable themes from these huge yeah. multi-million dollar franchises. Yeah. And that is as much of a staple as any other part in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what makes the theme so iconic is the instrumentation in it because it's big band, it's mm. brass, mm. it's 
rhythm, it's percussion. And that mm-hmm. was not Monty Norman. Okay. Because it was arranged by John Barry. Yes. So, and so there's quite a bit of hoo-ha about like who you give credit of the James Bond theme to, Monty Norman or John Barry. Mm. And I think John Barry really, like, really made it what it is. Okay, yes. But, you know, Monty Norman composed the original mm-hmm. you know, tune, as it were. Oh, okay. Interesting, and, interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, and just when you hear it for the first time when they're doing the barrel thing... Uh-huh. Yes. Wait, yes. Is that is that in, the in gun Dr. Barrel, no? Is uh, the gun barrel in Doctor No? Jesus, I I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I don't th- No, I think it is. I think it is. Because there's a few yes. there's a few things that Doctor No doesn't have that are staples of the Bond franchise. For example, uh a title song. Well, it does right? have three blind mice. Well, this, it does this is play, what I was going to say. kind of weird dots on the screen. If you were to is... ask, like, what's the what? What do you reckon the first song you heard in, in the first James Bond movie was? It wasn't Three Blind Mice. I know. It? Yeah, yeah. It's great, actually. It's really, it's really, it's funny. really quite funny. Mm. By the way, it uses like Three Blind Mice. Well, it, it's the three blind guys yes. with the sticks going on, and then they obviously turn out to be hitmen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, it, and and then the plot starts going. Start, yes. Really, for that first sequence, it's got these lovely shots of where are they? Is it Barbie? Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica. Jamaica. And just these three blind guys going on the road. You don't really know what it is you're no, watching. Yeah. And then obviously they kill the guy. Of course. The MacGuffin yeah. is there. Mm. The plot moves on. Mm. Yeah. Yada yada. Great. I think, I think, yeah, I think it really sets the scene. And and still to this day, I mean, it is in every single film, isn't it? This yeah. theme, this bump. So, I mean, it, it... In many different guises. In many different guises. arranged to the nth degree with every instrumentation under the sun, but it's always been there. But that's, and I suppose that's what happens when you have a franchise that lasts from the 60s right the way into well we're now in the 20s mm. yeah yeah we're and it's, we're now and in it's the 20s. still going it's still going yeah and it features in a lot of the theme songs as well which we'll talk a little bit about yeah. in the next one the next film we have on the list from russia with love now from russia with love was initially released i've got the, the year here have you got it up there yeah yeah it was i thought it was it was the year after so th- what's interesting about the first five films was that they were every single year was a next one out uh, sorry, the first four there, you're right down to Thunderball, which yeah. is which is quite an amazing progression, how yeah. quickly that they were churning these out in these massive big orchestral pieces. So Lionel Bart from Oliver fame um, basically was the, the composer for the theme song from Russia with yeah. Love, famously sung by Matt Monroe. I love Matt Monroe's voice. It's very, very good, isn't I it? I love his voice. It's so unique. There's not, there's not another Bond song like it, I don't think, in like tone and there's no singer like matt monroe mm. in any of the other ones mm. i always i always feel like it's kind of because i think when i grew up with bond the bond song was always shirley bassey yeah yeah i yeah and that i guess kind of sound well see i would have countered what you're saying with maybe there's hints of the tom jones thunderball theme through it there's obviously it's the male singer with the, the massive gravitas voice but this yeah. isn't as deep or as powerful it's almost it's very subtle and yeah. the song is it's very kind of 
moving with the times. It's very Cold War esque yeah. with, with the instrumentation they use through it. The percussion's really great with this song as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this. I definitely think this is my favorite. Well, it invokes film. Russia. It does invoke. Yes, exactly. And the, it does the, that job. The style of the song invokes Russia mm. and a very mm. Russian. I'm actually influence. currently rereading the book from Russia with Love. And do, you, do you do you read anything else other than James Bond? Uh, I, I seem great. like you, I seem like no, you I always just, have I mean, them on the go. I, I'm in. The, I'm at the moment with. The, I I just love them. I think they're really great stories, and I think this is my favorite film. I, I genuinely think From Russia with yeah. Love is my favorite movie. It tops a lot of lists. It, it and quite right. If you sit down and watch this film, I mean, I know obviously like the, they're they're old sort of films and stuff, but sit down and really watch it. It fucking holds up. Yeah, like it really is great. It's gripping. It, it is. is great. There's a really great. So the song as well, the Matt Monroe from Russia with Love uh, song appears before the title credits yeah. and the title credits is just an instrumentation of it he doesn't sing in the title credits yeah. of this but I was watching a really fun documentary with the family of Matt Monroe who were watching the film for the first time on TV and when and his kids when they when they heard their dad singing so it, 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 he starts singing and it's on a radio as Bond sat on the side of a river bank and they got really excited and stuff and there's a really fun interview where they're all like oh it was it was so nice seeing hearing our dad in a Bond you know, in a, yeah. in a massive Hollywood movie, yeah. you know, and it was quite a sweet thing as well. And you forget that, you know, yeah, like, because even by the second movie, this franchise had legs. Yes, yes. Like it was, oh, I don't know, the box office wise, it must have cleaned up. Yeah, I, I can, I can, we're not going to get them up there. So, <laughs> not gonna moving that. on, obviously, the, the year after, as we said before, we had Shirley Bassey yes. belting out. The known and loved tune, the world over, Goldfinger. Is this the most iconic Bond song? I think it is. Yeah, you think it is. Yeah, I think it, whilst it's the third film in the in the, the series, this is the this is the song that cements it because this is the first. If you think about it, this is the first song that that got the formula we know today. Yeah. Absolutely right. You yeah. Had John Barry at the helm as the lead composer, and you had the theme. Yeah. After the sort of intro, the sort of prologue theme, and then the, the sort of the prologue of the film, and then the theme with a singer singing the song, and the song was the same title as the film. Obviously, from Russia with Love was the yeah. same as that, but it wasn't a singer singing the theme. It's, yeah. But this is what we now know today as the yeah. framework, and it's when they started putting the Bond motif into the title songs. Yes, like really obviously, yes. and it's such a subtle. I love it when iconic motifs motifs are really really subtle so mm. just to give you a slightly nerdy technical idea of what's going on here the bond theme you would instantly recognize is like da, 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 yeah. Da. yeah that is literally just three notes mm -hmm. going up chromatically which mm -hmm. means by step just one note next to another yeah, yeah, yeah. and it goes up two and back down one yes Oh no, up three and back down one. Right, yeah, Four yeah. Notes. Yes, yes, up yes. Up three, yes. back down one. That's like the the simplest thing that you could possibly write, mm. but how fucking iconic is that? It's effective. As soon as soon as anybody did that, you'd be like, oh, James Bond. But it's funny Four because notes. it's funny because it appears obviously in the more the more current ones, you know, you've got your 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 Adele and your Sam Smith, and obviously now the Billy Age, it yep. is very obvious in all three of those songs. Yeah. Like, it's almost like uh, it, it's become a necessity in all those songs. You now, I think, you, there was no way that they were not going to include those notes in the new No Time to Die theme. No. But that all started with Goldfinger. Yeah. In, in that song. Yeah. 
I also love like, Goldfinger. It's one of these films. I don't think it's aged that well. If you watch it again, like it's a bit almost definitely like, not. If you watch it, but, but it has so many <laughs> iconic Bond I mean, moments. Uh, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I mean, how great is that? He's lying on a table and a oh, laser's he's about laser to cut him right up his ghoulies. Right. He's going to get his giblets cut he's off by a laser. And it is, you've, got, yeah. you've got the, the, the Bond girl whose name, name we shan't utter. Yeah, exactly. Whisper it into the I microphone. Go on. Pussy galore. Oh, no. <laughs> no it's, but so I, I, I think there's some really great... I mean, this film doesn't stand up nearely as well as From Russia With Love or Doctor No, I don't yeah. think. It is a little well, bit I dated. Mean, Some of example, the themes and stuff. I don't think that the Bond girl in No Time to Die will be called, called Pussy Girl. No, I don't think so. Oh, let's, let's put it that <laughs> no, way. No. It's Fanny Muchov. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> That's our new name. <laughs> and the Bond, James Bond and Fanny Muchov. <laughs> a lot of cock. That's her name. <laughs> well, that's, that's obviously the, the uh, Austin Powers joke, isn't yeah, it? Well, they yeah. I've won a hump a lot and stuff. Yeah, I've won a hump a lot, But yeah. the, 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 what I'm also talking about is the fact that he literally... I mean, he slaps women around in this film like nobody... And it is, you watch it and you go, oh, <laughs> yeah. this, this isn't great. <laughs> and also, musically... There are some real misses, like when he enters hotel rooms and it's just the normal doom, doom, as we've discussed, yeah. doom, doom. And then he's like, puts his clothes on the bed and it goes, da, 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 and it just goes for it. Because That's Doctor No. Oh, is it Doctor No? That Ho? happens in Doctor No. Because Ho. they don't really edit it that perfectly. They just yeah. go, just fucking fire the theme in there. We'll yeah. just see if it fits because it's Bond and he's entering his hotel yeah. room. Do you know, like he's, he's phoning reception, the, the towels are not clean enough. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. The mini soaps are not full. Da, 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 I'm not yeah. happy with this hotel room. That kind of yeah. shit. Like, it's really fucking weird. It is, it is weird. I, th- I feel like I feel like Goldfinger is where we really start to get all the gadgets and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There, there were some token gadgets mm. in the ones beforehand, mm-hmm. but they were a bit more espionage sleuthy. Yeah. In do- like, just briefly going back to Doctor No, there's this great scene where he... Um, takes his hair and he puts it across the, the door of his yes. thing and he powders his briefcase and yes. stuff and, he, and you see him doing all this thing and then you find out later it's because he's trying to see if anybody goes through his, goes stuff. Through his stuff yeah and it's like if if they tried to achieve that in a later Bond movie they'd have a gadget for that yes like they'd have an umbrella in the, the yeah I see, I see what you're saying I see what you're saying with a tranquilizer dart that told mm. you the time mm. and thank <laughs> and, exactly and thank god that that uh, Sean Connery has long enough hair to do that. Can you imagine Daniel Craig doing that bit short? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It's, oh, fuck, it's long enough off. hair. Well, or at least his toupee had long enough hair. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on from Goldfinger, we get arguably probably my least favourite of the Sean Connery films, but obviously it was good enough to merit a remake, and it is not Never Seen Ever Again. It is Thunderball. Well, Never Seen Ever Again was the remake, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was good enough to merit a remake, yeah. but I'm saying it wasn't my favourite. My it's not my favourite. don't listen. <laughs> well, nah, then. I'm joking. You're so, a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Thunderball is not my favourite Bond either, although it's got some of my favourite bits in it like the shark pools the shark cool. pool is really the, cool the, car, the shark pool is cool however the underwater fight scene goes yes. on for way too it long it does go on a long time yeah and I there's know no exactly music in it all you hear is this all you hear is underwater bubbles and stuff yeah. for like 25 minutes yeah <laughs> and people do it <laughs> even after. people people doing hand signals and <laughs> shadow harpoon, puppets shadow puppets and harpoons <laughs> and, sh- and a chess and you're watching this going oh 
I'm bored. Yeah, yeah, you are bored. Go make a cup of tea, still fighting. But the song, absolute belter. Yes. I love Tom Jones. Mm, mm. Again, like Matt Monroe, mm-hmm. very iconic voice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a completely different iconic voice, but only Tom Jones sounds like that. Yeah. But he absolutely belts it out, and there's so much drama mm. in his voice as well. And again, we get the Bond mo- Bond motif in there as well. I, I always find this quite funny, because when you p- pair the character of Elmo Largo with the lyrics, he always was it he always run while Runs others while, walk. while others walk like, <laughs> he laughs while other men just talk this guy's a maniac could you imagine him well, like he's a, a gr- he's a maniac i know but movie. like a boardroom of people and they're they're all like that okay so that's great so we'll we'll head up to the meeting room at 11 o'clock uh, emilio where are where are we he was just with us a second ago. Oh, he's down the corridor. He's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> and then laughing as he exactly goes. Exactly laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's fucking Maniacally <laughs> running down. <laughs> uh, excellent. So does anyone have any parting meetings for this? Uh, Amelia, have you got something to say? <laughs> 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 fucking laughing cow in the corner. Yeah, exactly. What is that? Yeah, I always yeah. thought that was a bit weird. Yeah. Tom Jones does a great job, though. He does a great job. And the music in the song is fantastic as well. It's got this really great, uh, iconic brass... Yes, it is. It's it is. so cool. And the end note, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, talk about like underwater fight scenes going for long. Yeah. I reckon the end note that Tom Jones holds yeah. is twice the length of any fight scene that any of us can have underwater. I mean, it is absolutely. A, if you took all the underwater fight scenes from every movie, it's nowhere near as long as that. No, nowhere. He really does. He's it got as some well. pipes on him. Does that? Do you know Tom the funny Jones? thing I always think with Tom Jones is he looks back over his work. I think there's a certain sadness because he knows that he'll never be able to do that again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you can oh. just like, oh, it's like a marathon runner who sets his time and he goes, oh, fuck, I'll never yeah, be able to beat but that he, again. He's still got that quality. Though. He he's does. still got the class. He does. I think he does. Well, I came out of my shop and oh, don't there do, was my bike. Don't do the Welsh accent. Go on. <laughs> He loves it. And he's on The Voice now. He's doing a cracker job on that. Yeah, he's looking, been on that for years. Looking thoroughly out of his depth in every episode yeah. there. What do you think of this new Nicki Minaj yeah. track? Oh, I think it's a good song. Like, it looks like he just yeah. wandered in and taken a seat. He just doesn't realise the button turns around. So he's just yeah. like that. Oh, I could a good sit down. That's what I want now. I've had a long career in show business. He <laughs> won't stop. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. But like, at the end of the Thunderball song, you've got... The brass doing an excellent job as well, and there's a really iconic thing that trumpets do in that they really make a feature of in all the Bond movies, and it's called screaming. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you yeah, just get yeah, these yeah. really high notes that just yeah. wail. Yes, that's yes. the best word for give it. Us a, give us a. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm not doing it now. But the other really iconic wail trumpet tune is in the is back in Goldfinger, right? Yes, you know. Goldfinger. Wah, wah, wah. I got it. That's so, nice one. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I know. It's perfect, but isn't it? It's it's perfect, but I God, we're I have love to start paying the royalties and the rights for these songs if you keep impersonating him in such a great. <laughs> I know, so accurate. But the re- the reason um, I love the Goldfinger one was in my first year of university mm-hmm. in music college, we did a concert orchestra and we did a Bond night, mm-hmm. right? where we had a full orchestra playing a whole bunch of Bond songs mm. and we had musical theatre singers come in and sing them on stage and it was a whole concert of them and it was one of the most fun concerts I've ever done. You would have loved it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would have loved it. Great. But 
one of the guys that came in is a trumpeter by the name of Mike Lovett. Mm -hmm. And he has been lead trumpet on every James Bond recording. I remember you telling me this, yes. um, Since Pierce Brosnan. Right. Yeah. So, and... Also, he's the lead trumpet in the John Wilson Orchestra, who I've all, who I mentioned in the first episode of going through. Oh, the they've still not got in touch with you yet. They've not. How dare they? Fuck's sake. I know, John. Jesus. What's going on, John? Uh, exactly. Yeah, but Mike Lovett was he came in to basically work with the trumpeters and help them get like this sound. Mm. And I can't remember who the student trumpeter was, and he was great, and he's now doing like he's now doing like really well uh-huh. um, as well, but. He did the gold finger. We did. We were doing Goldfinger, and it started, and we went Goldfinger, and then the student kind of went wah, 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 and it was really classy mm. and really smooth. Okay, and not I can hear it. It yeah. wasn't very. Well, it wasn't punchy. Very, yeah, punchy. Yeah, it wasn't very punchy. Screamy, yeah. And the conductor was just like, "Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. It's really nice what you're doing. Very classical. I like it. Mm-hmm, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very well done. Good tone. All that. Mike, c- could you just once for us?" I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Right from the top, Goldfinger, <laughs> just fills the whole hall. And I was watching him while he did it, and zero effort, nothing on his face, he just went, yeah, 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 like an absolute boss, and uh-huh. just screamed the whole place down. It was the most Amazing. incredible sound. Amazing. I, I absolutely love it. And he actually, he later admitted he, he reckoned that he wasn't the greatest trumpeter in the world, but he learned how to wail really well, and it made him really employable. Oh, so. cool. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of, I don't, you don't need to be that smart, but if you can talk your way in and out of a room, you're probably quite good at your job. It's yeah. probably <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> um, we are needing to rattle through these. Next, we, we have... Uh, sorry, we've got here. You only live twice. Oh, Two goodness. years between Thunderball and uh, You Only Live Twice. That's because they were trying <sighs> to, they were trialing and testing all the ways in which they could potentially cause some sort of racial offence doing Sean Connery's hair and makeup halfway through. Is it. that the most racist thing? I think you've it's the ever most. Seen. I think it's the most racist. I mean, you, they, gave I often, him, they gave him squint eye. I often do. They gave him a bowl cut. I mean, by this point, eye. by this point, Sean Connery signed up to the films. He's done the first four. A great, 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 great. I have to do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not read your contract? You have to Asian up at our request. What? Yeah, yeah. We got the first few films out of the way, and it uh, looks like you're so, doing that. So too. they decide in the movie to, I mean, inf- to infiltrate to infiltrate a place, and, the, and they, they decide, well, well, you, you've got to look Japanese. <laughs> so how, how are we going to make it's a horrendous. big hairy Scottish guy look Japanese? Oh, we'll give him a give him a black wig bowl cut, <laughs> and then give him squint eye. It's so insulting. So whilst they obviously get that section of the stuff wrong, the the Oriental Japanese theme that they use throughout this film for the score and for this theme song is bang on. Yeah. It is a beautiful score. And we were talking yeah. about this the other week. Now, this is my favourite, I think. So we're doing a gold, silver, and bronze. Yeah. We're going to give our little awards throughout these. Did you did you want to give yours to any of the first few? Well, so orchestral. Or, like, or just, just overall, overall. Overall, overall, I think the Goldfinger song... Gets mm-hmm. a gets a goal. Oh no! Just the overall package, the film with the music. Oh, film with the music. Mm. I'm still saving it. Oh, okay, so that's a silver then for for Goldfinger. You think? Yeah. So I think my gold actually goes to You Only Live Twice. Yeah. I think it goes to You Only Live Twice for a number of reasons because it has some of the best off theme and uh, non 
compliant pieces of music that play throughout. You you get new themes that play in this. You have the little Nelly theme. Yeah. The do 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 when he's flying, obviously, yeah. which is a fantastic upbeat do 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 amazing just piece yeah. of music whilst he's chasing these helicopters. Seems a, seems a bit out there though, doesn't it? It is, it but I quite love it. Fit with it doesn't it. fit. It's not. It's not like it's. You know, it's it it kind of. But what it does is it it, it emphasizes that. This is easy. He's the yeah. best super, you know, he's the secret agent of the world. Like, he gets a nice theme. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He gets it because he can do it because this is straightforward for him. It puts you at ease and you just thoroughly enjoy it. You know, it's like the helicopter theme in From Russia With Love. Yeah. It, the, it's, it's the same thing. It's just like, oh. And another piece of music, which is the complete opposite of that, is the one that we listened to last week, which is the proper earworm theme. And when yeah. you know it, you know it. And that is the capsule in space theme. Yeah. The evil very very appropriate theme that is obviously very much in a minor key and also has the kind of the soviet-esque or i don't know if it's soviet i think it's the smirsh specter organization theme of the dark malevolent yeah. powers of blofeld encapsulating this space capsule in space but also it has elements of the kind of 2001 space odyssey feel like it does a great job of being evil but also space I yeah. know that sounds so weird to say, yeah. but if you listen back to what uh, sinister in space, it's sinister, yeah. yeah. It's very, very sinister. Uh, and appropriate. And then obviously it's Nancy Sinatra singing You Only Live Twice, the amazing uh, theme that's sung to this with the, the, the sort of the rising sun-esque. Um, I'm going to hold my hands up though and say that I prefer the instrumental version of this theme to the yeah. to the actual song. Okay. Don't really care for the, care for the lyrics, to okay. be honest. Um, I absolutely love that soaring string melody. Yes. The, yeah. It's gorgeous, lovely, isn't it? And it is. I, I would that that is what I listen to that song for. I couldn't give a shit about the about the <laughs> lyrics. Well, I sorry, think, Nancy. I think it's the lyrics were improved upon when Robbie Williams decided in 1999 to release his banger Millennium, yeah. which has the same string features throughout. And I mean, that is just the the better use of that uh, piece of music when put to lyrics. Well, put us we calm. I'll have words with anyone that says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a shit song. <laughs> it's fucking horseshit. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. But we, we need to do it whilst we're doing music and movies. I'm sure there's a Robbie Williams episode where we can go. Oh into my that. god! Do you know these not well? Yeah, in for um for Johnny English. Oh, that's a great. That's a fun little inclusion. That's a quite a good song as well, Man of All Seasons. It is. Because it is, a, it is it's in a all purposes, on, a Bond song, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. It's a piss take of... Fucking hell, that's a great idea, isn't it? Johnny yeah, just, English. I just stumbled into that. Just stumbled <laughs> into it. Yeah, Man of All Seasons, Johnny yeah. English. That's a good one. Shall but, we talk about the slight interruption mm-hmm. in the Sean Connery era, mm-hmm. which being George Lazenby's foray into the role of Bond? Yes. George awkward kilt Lazenby Bond. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's true! When she drops the kilt. What do you think it's true about? He does have a massive melon cock that pops to the side. I can only wonder what those girls were actually talking about behind their mic. <laughs> like a fucking cucumber. Oh my god. <laughs> the it's- film that we're talking about is quite obviously... <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Beautiful. Interestingly, yeah. the very first Bond film I ever saw. Really? Yeah, and probably the one I've seen the least. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. It's a great film. It's I'm, great. I'm sorry to, like, all those people who kind of go, no, it's bullshit, it's none of our classic Bond. It, it went in and out of Vogue, mate. It, it went through a phase of 
everyone saying it was the worst mm. to everyone saying it's the best. I think it's very good. And here's the thing. So as I said, I'm reading the books again. And obviously when you read the books of Bond, you, you he's kind of... In your head, obviously, as you're reading, you tr- you kind of see what you're reading stuff. What what face would you put to the Bond books when you're reading back the books? Who would you imagine that the face is? Oh, I imagine Connery. Do you? Would you really? Yeah. Do you know? For me, it's Lazenby. Fair. For some reason, I think he actually looks and fits the description of Bond mm. in the books more than any other of the actors that have portrayed him. Well, I heard tell the actually Ian Fleming's favorite was Roger Moore. Really? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. I could be I could be wrong about that. It was supposed to be I've a 60-year-old man was he stumbling around the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, it? looking making, for fucking butterflies. Yeah, making really bad sexual innuendos. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Come on, Roger. You're yeah. just off you the talk register. About, you, you talk you talk about you talk about Connery being date, dated. You just wait for Roger Moore. Mm. My god. <laughs> uh, a few little points in the song. So this is a John Barry piece of music that's done for the theme, but it's an instrumental piece of music which kind of has the almost like techno-y, guitar-y sort of vibes. The do 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 I quite like this piece of music, but there's another great piece of music in this film. Um, we have all the time in the world. Yeah. And I think this is a, it's a lovely... So obviously Louis Armstrong, with his trumpets, plays it away. It's, it's the love theme of... Bond and I've completely it's, it's Diane Rigg that plays her but I completely forgot yeah, I, I don't remember her, her character name. name obviously Diane Rigg who was um, is it Samantha uh, I, th- I think it is yeah obviously most famous at the moment for being Game of Thrones yeah um, but, but a really really great inclusion in this movie and they're really great together actually uh, one thing I will say about this movie is obviously we've talked a little bit about it kind of went in and out of Vogue and it was some people considered it shit some people said it really great and I do think it is a great film, yeah. but never has the fil- the ending of a film just really captured it. Yeah. It's the ending where he, obviously, I, again, I think we're a spoil a film that came out nearly 50 years ago. Yeah. I mean, 69, like the moon, this is where they, the moon landing, like yeah. when you look at it as a bit of a comparison, these two things happen the same year. Yeah, it's and, amazing. And the ending of this movie is so, I mean, it's just so lovely and it's so just sweet. It's the, obviously Bond shoots down after his wedding day, kills the bride and Bond's kind of just like, oh. and and the, the officer knocks it's on the really door. It's really sad. It's really sad. And he it's goes, really sad. Don't worry. We had all the time in the world. Yeah. Oh, and you're like, and it's the one moment. And, and in the book series, again, that's a really pivotal point in the book series when, uh, when his wife dies. It, it, yeah. So it's, it, that is a really just interesting. And it's one of the, it's one of the, only points of like continuity yes, in the Bond franchise it is, as well. It is, yes. Because which Roger Moore movie is it's it? For for your eyes only. He visits, Where he grave. visits the grave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that is a direct callback to mm. that. Well, there is another funny callback in this film to Sean Connery. Oh yeah. Uh, when he goes uh, something like uh, something about the other guy. What is it he says on the beach? The other guy wouldn't have stood for this or something. He says something like that. Oh, yeah. What's that? That's like a real fourth wall yeah, breaking. Yeah, really, it was a weird fourth wall breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, This never happened to the other chap. And it's because of That's that. That's what he said. Yeah, and it's because of that single line that, like, conspiracy theorists on the internet have said. Like, it's, 
It's just a title. James Bond's not his real name. It's all happening in the real oh, universe, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. just the double O that they're that they're inheriting. It's the whole mantle of James Bond. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it, you know it's all in the same. It's all the same timeline. It's all mm. still happening, which you know I suppose could still be true. No, it can't. <laughs> no, it can't. I thought about that for less than half a second. Because I was looking at my phone and I didn't really pay attention to what he was doing. You basically talked yourself in and out of that conversation. Yeah. Well, you, well, you weren't going to give me anything. I had to, I had to contradict myself before, before you jumped on me. Oh, that's a really good point, Alex. Oh, and another thing that you said. No, well, I disagree with that one. Too. Are you all right over there? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Thank you. <laughs> Following on from Her Majesty's Secret Service, we have... Diamonds are forever. Now, this was a welcome return for some in 1971 for Sean Connery to set back into the boots of James Bond once yeah. again. Yeah. I'm going to say something that no one's going to agree with me on. This mm-hmm. is my favourite Connery. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and it's, fun. And it, and it makes no sense because this is the most stupid Connery. It is the daft one. It yeah. is. I mean, they, they it just... is daft. I wonder it's how they crazy. got him back. Um, yeah, money. definitely money. Not money, Defi- <laughs> definitely money. Because like, the jokes don't even make sense. No, they're so stupid. There's this one. There's this one bit where he's, where he, where he's trapped in a pipe, right? Yes. And two guys let him out. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he and he walks out in his suit, and it's quite funny. But then he says, "Oh, thanks, thanks for that, guys. I was out walking my rat, and I seem to have lost my way." Oh, I like. What a stupid thing. Oh. I would love that the guys went, well, if you give us the name and number of the rat, if we find it, then we can probably try and return to it. No, 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 guys, I was joking. It was a joke. Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah, yeah very good. I, that would have been more yeah. appropriate if they just kept that scene yeah. in there at the end. Oh, I but, didn't realise you were joking. Again, also a very, date, a very dated movie with some of the, some of the quips and everything. Like, yes. Like, in fact, he, was, he talks to a rat in a tube. Does he? And he says, one of us smells like a tart's handkerchief. <laughs> And then he smells. That's a really funny line. And then he smells himself, because he was he was barreled into the back of a car, mm. and he accidentally crushed a vial of the hitman's cologne, his aftershave. Oh yes. And so he wakes up and he goes, oh. "One of us smells like a tart's handkerchief." And he smells oh, himself and he says, um, "I'm afraid that's me. Sorry about that, old boy." Now <laughs> you you're really good at doing another impersonation of this film. You've got a few good. Uh, I'm not like, doing that. Did, 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 I'm not doing <laughs> Mr. Kid and was it Mr. Wint and Mi- Mr. Kid? No, Mr. Wid and Mr. Wint. Yeah, it's Wint and Kid. I Wint think and it Kid, is. Yeah. Um, what was it? The, oh, the, yeah. There's a really good joke that they make about wings and feathers. Fe- that you're good at. How does no, that go? No, no, no. That's at the beginning of the movie where he said, because they finish each other's sentences, which makes no sense. Well, they're but, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if God had wanted man to fly, he's like, we would have given him wings, Mr. <laughs> kid. I mean, you do. And then, I that's like one of the things that like Bond is famous for. Like some, like something blows up and it's like, right, what's, a, what's an apt pun for this that moment? That was the first time that the villains had a shot at doing the puns, wasn't yeah. it, this film? This was the, their, their goal, wasn't it? Yeah. And they knocked it out of the park, fair yeah. to that. I mean, that is still quoting yeah. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's objectively the worst Connery movie, but... Mm. Oh, I, I, but I, I love it. It also features one of the one of the biggest gaffes I, in movie making history, just which is about to say this. which is the the car bit. Amazing, and I I love that. And they fixed it, mm. but in a way that makes 
no sense because it's got one of the most bondy things where you mount a curb mm. you drive a car on two wheels and then you and then you fit down an, an alleyway mm. that mm. you can only fit down diagonally yes except that they screwed up because the shot of the car coming out at the other end mm. was the other way around than when right. it went in right. so and so their way to fix that was to have a point of view shot of the cockpit of the car and make it switch to the other side mm. which means in the alley, if you imagine the whole car doing it, it must have just gone pop, just <laughs> just onto the other onto the other wall, and you're just like, yeah, what? oh, that's that well, done. Okay, I mean, you could tell it was done on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, a serious case of not my fucking job. Yes. like that thing must have just got thrown around the office, kicked in the bin. Deadline yeah. was there and went, look, we did our best. Yeah, like that. Somebody along just... that process said, mm, that very much the... looks like a you problem. <laughs> It's just got kicked right down to the apprentice, and he probably got hung, drawn, and quartered for that. Probably, and they, they just they didn't they care. Put it out anyway. Exactly, they just went fuck it. It's the we best we've got. We put so much effort into mm. making that because the alternative was there. the moon buggy chase sequence. I mean, car, this was not a film for car. Although there was some good car sequence around the car park yeah. in Vegas well, and stuff. Was there a song to this movie? I forget. Oh yeah, songs. <laughs> Um, so Sierra Leone's Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, yeah. It's um, yeah, Shirley, I got that right, didn't I? Shirley Bassey. Is it that? It was Shirley Bassey, of course. Shirley yeah, Bassey. Sorry, what was I who's, thinking of? Yeah, well, it's, well. So there's a really good remix of this okay. with Shirley Bassey and Kanye West doing this. It's a really, it's actually really good. Really? Yeah, it was 2005. I would recommend anyone listening to that if they want a more yeah. temp- contemporary, upbeat version of the song. It's really good. But the original of this. My God, doesn't she just seal the deal? Oh, it's such a good song. Mm. Because I think, again, this is why... One of the reasons I give such a pass to this movie is because the song's an absolute banger again. I love it. It's great. No, it absolutely is fantastic. The... The start is what I love about the do 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 do. I love that. It's yeah. mysterious and it's ominous and it's kind of murky. It's, twi- it's twinkly. Yeah, like diamonds. Like diamonds. It is. What good, what's that called when the word bang? If you shout it loudly, it sounds like bang. What's onomatopoeia. That? It is onomatopoeia. God, I'm so ignorant. <laughs> anyway, this great onomatopoeia. <laughs> Very good. I do love it. I do think it's yeah. a really. I, I do think it's a really great song. Um, yeah, and I think anything else you want to say about this this movie? Not about that one, but since we've gone gotten to the end of the Sean Connery yep. saga, mm-hmm. as it were, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to ask you: What's your favorite Connery film? What's your favorite Connery theme? Favorite Connery film from Russia with Love. Yeah. Connery theme: You Only Live Twice. Straightforward. Very good. Simplest. I like that. <laughs> Same question to you, my friend. Well. Diamonds are forever. Slight guilty pleasure. Oh, is this for song? The fil- for, no film. F- fuck me. What? Is wrong with you? Film. You could have fucking thunderball. <laughs> nah, film. Okay. Cool. I told you it's a slight gu- guilty right, pleasure. Okay. I love, I love diamonds are okay, forever. Fine. It's so obnoxious. Much like silly. the car going into the alleyway, it is flipped and reversed, and I do not know what is happening. And song, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say Goldfinger. Fine. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's absolutely. That's 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 a yeah. that's an alright. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Quite quite clearly. On, well, not moving on to our segment. We're going on to now Roger Moore films. Fabulous, so fabulous. we pick up after uh, Diamonds Are Forever with 1973's inclusion. 
Live and Let Die. What's your thoughts on this one? The first rock and roll yeah. Bond song. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. It is fantastic. I mean, for so many reasons. Yeah. This is great. This is my dad's favourite Bond film. Thus, I, this is the one I've probably watched the <laughs> Knowing most. Knowing your dad, that doesn't actually surprise me He at all. loves this one. I mean, I mean, just like... the the And it is great, this film. You know, you've got the inclusion, the, the introduction of Sheriff J.W. Pepper. I mean, what's not to love about that? Absolute lovable character. Is that the, in the first is that, two? Is that the, is that the one that in The Man with the Golden Gun? Yes. Is he in the man? Yeah, he's yeah, the same he character. Get yeah. your cotton-picking yeah. snores out of my pants, you know? <laughs> It is absolutely when he's on holiday in Thailand. Yeah. Before he's on holiday in Thailand, James Bond is taking his speedboat down the, the swamplands of Louisiana yeah. and he is a sheriff who basically what is he gets thrown out of his boat or something? Bond does a jump over a like a, a sort of like a path or a road that connects yeah. two waterways. I don't understand why they just cre- created this ridiculous character when they could have just had Felix Leiter. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well no, Felix is in Living Like Die though. Felix is already in Living Let Die. So basically, Living Let Die, just for a little bit of back knowledge for the Bond film. So the last the last few we've talked about, uh, in fact, particularly Diamonds Are Forever and Living Let Die, are two of my more favourite books. Yeah. Living Let Die is a great book. But yeah. it borrows some of the sequences from other films. Yeah. But also, it, uh, and, and books. So there's some mix-ups. So Living Let Die is actually the book that has the, the, the sequence where Bond is being dragged across the coral in uh, For Your Eyes Only, behind the boat. The oh, yeah. Yacht. It all, that seems rough. It's rough, it's rough. Oh. But also, the book, Live and Let Die, and there's another book called 007 in New York. Maybe you wonder why that one wasn't changed into a film. The title <laughs> yeah. is literally 007 in New York. It's really? One of, yeah, it's one of... Four books uh, that have not actually been turned into films. Is that like is that is that like five go to Fantasy Island? Or it's, whatever? it's a bit yeah, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit Enid Blyton, isn't it? But they've also got a Risical Property of a Lady, Double uh, Seven in New York, and there is a fourth one, and I can't remember it. I, I get back to Risical. There's a really fun fact uh, that one actually features. Oh no, it, it's the it's the um, the Rarity Club. The Rarity Club is the oh, yeah. fourth and fifth one. It's not. It's not the Rarity Club. Sorry. It's it's called the Hildebrand Rarity, and it was. It's a it's a short story that Ian Fleming um, penned, but it's used in. Uh, I believe it's Skyfall or Spectre. I think it's Spectre. It is Spectre. Uh, at the end of it, it, you can see the words Hildebrand Rarity on a door. All right. And it's okay. in. It's it's like a plaque on a door, and so it's a it's a little nod to one of the books that has not. Titles that have not been used for oh, see, an I like actual that. film. What do you think? The, what do you think the percentage of the population that have actually read these Bond novels? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Yes, I'll hold my hand up. I've read Moonraker, and that's it. I, do you know? I think I think everyone at some point probably has. They're they're, they're a typical charity shop book. The films yeah, also are, are quite I, charity. I got Moonraker out of a charity. So shop. I I think I think if the percent I think. The better question is what percentage of people who have read one of the books got it from a charity shop? <laughs> That's probably quite a staggeringly high percentage of uh, of people that have read them. But to answer your question, I would say probably quite low. Yeah, uh, they're not. I'd say so. They're quite. They're not as engaging. I, I will admit. Like I put, I put my hand up. They're not the most engaging, but I quite like them for my own. I guess my own reasons that I like Bond. I guess. I also think um, people don't care enough about the movies of James Bond to go back and read yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not that's Lord fair. of the Rings. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that, that's fair. Yeah, because it, yeah, because I guess you're, you're, it wasn't one of the things where they took a lot of the storylines and the pro- they're, they're basically, the, the films have just siphoned the characters 
Yeah. That's what they've siphoned. It's, it's not they've not they've not siphoned the universe creation around the sort of Cold War esque time that these books were written. They just kinda yeah. went, Well, those characters are cool, let's use them but kinda have our own uh, our own plan of what they want to do with them. Yeah, that's Which, why they'll go on forever. That's exactly Double O seven in New York, the story of that book is the first half of the film Live and Let Die. Oh, great. When he goes to New York and he's in sort of downtown, I think it's Harlem, I'm not quite sure what area of New York that he's in right. um, at the start of that. But let's talk about the music. Yeah. Now, we've got Paul McCartney with Wings. Can I can I say something else slightly controversial? Yeah, go for it. I prefer the Guns N' Roses version. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. It's a great version, the Guns N' Roses. I think Axl Rose, mm. as much of a twat as he is yeah <laughs> now i've got now here's my summary of these two right you've got live and let die guns and roses live and let die um paul mccartney and wings i think the paul mccartney and wings version is better as a theme when you visually watch the, the flaming skull and you hear well, it's his better for of, the movie yeah i think it's it better is. for bond I, yes. i'm not i'm not sitting here wishing that I had Axl Rose screaming in a Bond, yeah, in a, yeah, in a Bond yeah. opening credit. Okay, I see. Okay, okay. Um, but if if you if if I was um, listening to music on by myself, yeah, I agree. And I had to listen to one of the two versions of the song yeah. out of the movie. I'd pick Guns and Roses every time. But they used the, the score and the, and the theme music throughout and, and a lot of the score of this yeah. film. I, I, it is just fantastic. Yeah. The the use of it throughout the. Duh, Duh, with the low bridge when the bus is coming under yeah. duh, 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 and then obviously chops up. I mean like really great use of the theme song as an undertone scoring of holy shit like yeah. strap yourselves in it's this really is, exciting I think it's really great I, I, th- I, I, I'm, I have to think that it was deliberate they were launching another, a new era of these movies and they and they thought right let's really make this fizzy yes let's really make this of exciting. course yeah because obviously we've seen the reboots of it most recently the daniel craig and the casino royale and they, yeah. they obviously had to really change the formula then but you forget yeah, back that, in the day they had to change the form we'll get yeah, yeah. we'll get to. uh just to top this one off i'm gonna give this one my silver medal yeah gold medal for uh you only live twice in terms yeah. of the music in the movie this is the silver yeah music is amazing uh, I've got a few honorary mentions in the Roger Moore's, but yeah. I, I'm going to leave my bronze for another movie. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of other movies, should we go on to the next one there? Yes. The next let's. one in sequence we have is the Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was released in 1974. We're back to the year after. Again, Guy Hamilton was was directing this one. I think that's probably why there was such continuity between those these two movies. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about something different from the music and the themes? Can we talk about the villain? Yeah. Let's talk about how a villain gets defeated by a cardboard cutout. <laughs> He's done it again. I'm, I'm being unnecessarily glib about that. Oh, I, and the I other do, one gets put in a suitcase. I do, yeah. So it's mine. I do. Well, and actually, in in um, in uh, Live and Let Die, uh-huh. does he not inflate the villain? Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I forget. We're in the era of shitty ways for people to die. Yeah. I mean, there are some crummy place, ways that folk die in these fucking yeah. films, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. But, I mean, having Christopher Lee as a villain... Yes, Amazing, genius move. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the the I went to the the island in Thailand where this was filmed, where the the island lair was filmed on. Yeah. Um, and it's really great. Like they obviously they they call it they call this island now James Bond Island. Oh to, yeah. To everyone and like they run tours everywhere. I mean it's ridiculous how much 
um, money this one fucking must set have. must yeah. bring in for this uh, part of the world. But it, it, does it does it have the does it have the satellite thing that opens? No, up? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But me and me and uh, Manny got a photo of the two of us on the beach holding our pretend guns up in the I've air. I've seen that we, photo. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, that's really uh, cute. But no, but yeah, back to Christopher Lee. I mean, he is amazing. He's so commanding on the scenes yeah. as the man. But with isn't the he in everything? Gun. Yeah, he is. He is. But I think this is the first... I honestly think this is the first time where th- this started the trend of the casting of the villain is just as interesting as the song choice, the film type. If you think nowadays, right, a new Bond film's coming out, Yeah, there's speculation and rumour as to a number of things as to... Well, yeah, they, they got the guy that got Best Actor from last year's Oscar. Is that right? Is it always... Oh, Remy Malek. He got, yeah, it, for, oh, oh, got it for Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought you were talking about Chris Lee. Yeah, oh, of no. course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, but obviously then Christoph Waltz was the big, the big rumour for, for that year. And, and there's been some amazing uh, Oscar nominees and winners that have taken the role as the Bond villain through the years but then in all movies not just james bond if you've got a really compelling villain yes you're always it's always going to give a movie an extra something if you've got a really good villain and not only because he is i mean literally the title of the film is man with the golden gun and he is yeah but also it's not a bronze gun it's not steel or anything no it's not it's made of gold (laughs) is it the man with the mahogany gun it's kind of made out of a bit of paper but mainly mahogany yeah (laughs) that's what they call it yeah yeah what's the worst material you could make a gun out of (laughs) is a final styrofoam (laughs) cotton wool <laughs> Licorice all sort gun. That would be the best one. Imagine how sticky your fucking mittens would get oh, after that. Oh, man. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this this film? Oh, well, there's the song. Yes, yes, there is the song. Yeah, of yeah. course. Lulu, isn't it? Who Lulu, sings yeah. The Man with the Golden but Gun. Actually, it, it's a great time to talk about the songs that didn't make it. But the end credits. The end credits one? No, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Title songs that didn't make it. Okay. Because we're. We're now at peak Bond. Mm. We're now at... Bond yeah. is the biggest franchise in the world. Other mm. franchises were not... Didn't really exist by then, but Bond was the only continuing franchise. Yeah, and absolutely. And if you were a singer, songwriter, a band, whatever, you would want your song to be on attached to one of these movies, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So people would bid for them. Oh really? People, okay. People would bid for them. Okay. And so Lulu got won it for mm-hmm. this song, but other art, but other artists would write their songs and send it to the producers for their approval. Mm-hmm. And the other person that wrote a song for the Man with the Golden Gun is none other than Alice Cooper. Oh really? Yes. And oh it's fun. Mental. Is it really good? Okay. It's mental. You couldn't imagine a Bond movie with it, but it's not the funniest one. And since we're talking about the so- songs that didn't make it, I, I want to go back. I want to go back to Thunderball. Thunderball. Yep. Because the song that didn't make it or Thunderball was a Johnny Cash song. It's yes. Johnny yes, Cash. Yes. Yes. And it sounds like a Johnny Cash song. It, and you it, have to wonder, did they try and get John Wayne to play James Bond? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. No, there's a, there's a, there's like another really great example of this. We'll get a bit further forward. My favorite example of when a song was pipped to the post um, was was a little bit further on. Yeah, the last bit that's probably worth noting about this uh, I, is the end credit sequence where Lulu sings the words "Good night, good night, my dear. Do not fear." 
James Bond is here. It is just it's, horrendous. It's really it's funny. Horrendous. It's like a. It's like a sort of. It's like she's the narrator. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like the, she, she's the narrator because she also does it actually in the theme song as well. Like she sets up the whole movie by telling us the plot and who the man with the golden gun is before the movie's even started. She says, um, "Oh, he's got a golden gun. Mm. He, mm. he." Uh, he charges a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. she, she says he like, charges a million a shot. Like you, yeah. like it could be a haggling. Genuine. Okay, but he'll maybe do nine hundred odd thousand if you're yeah. lucky. So that's the other. <laughs> so that's one thing she said. She also says in the song that he likes to have sex before he kills someone. Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I um, mean, she and also some, at the end of the end of the theme. It's song, a good marketing advertisement for Christopher Lee that Lulu's on the case. You know, sort yeah. of getting out there. And she also goes like at the end at the end of the title song. She goes. Who's he after now? We shall see. We shall see. And yeah. then he goes, oh, but wait, James Bond. Yes, oh, but we never would have guessed <laughs> but that. But we never would have guessed that. Absolutely. I mean, how do you market yourself as a, a man with a golden gun assassin? Like, obviously, like, first, who's going to pay him when you could just get a knockoff cheap assassin that'll probably butcher the job and then get caught by the police and then you're not attached to it? I mean, like, what's the value for money? What's his marketing strand? Well, imagine, imagine this it's looks not... like. Where does he advertise? I reckon most, most of the time it's like, Governments, <laughs> governments, yeah. Him. I reckon it's governments. Just, just hire him. him. But then by that record, he's probably got to sit in a couple of meetings and stuff. Uh, we've got Jim over here from marketing. Okay, hi there, Jim. Uh, we've got Sam over there from finance. Hi, Sam. Can you say hello? Uh, and we have the man with the golden gun over there from uh, the assassination. Yes, yeah, so it's like. Oh, Do you want to say a little bit about how yourself? I can't see his face for for that <laughs> smashing third nipple. Oh fuck me! I forgot. About it. Oh, how could you yeah, forget about the, the third and the nipple. worst disguise ever didn't Q like outfit him with that here you can use this to disguise yourself it's better than our Asian disguise what we did a couple of films ago yeah Ooh, and then he t- it's the way he takes his shirt off and he has that that weird look that Roger Burr does where he's like mm-hmm, expecting this were you because this guy's in his face like who are you who are you and he takes off his, his, his shirt he's like well but, I think you'll find but, but, I have a third but nipple that, but, that, but that leads to assume that all this man knows of Mr. Scaramanga is not what he looks like, not his nationality or his accent, his height, his hair colour, his eye colour, his weight, that, oh yeah, don't worry, you've got Mr. Scaramanga might be dropping in a bit later. Yeah. Scaramanga, what does he look like? Is he tall? You'll recognise he... him by his third nipple. <laughs> got it, right, okay. <laughs> okay. Just everyone that comes to the gate. I know this is an odd question, uh, yeah. potentially Mr. Scaramanga, but could you take your shirt off for us so we yeah. can identify you correctly? <laughs> if, if you need to pick him out of a crowd, he's the, he's the, one, he's the one with a third nipple. What a fucking disaster that was. Uh, but you know what? That must have been a good idea at the time when they were writing well, that. Because they went, every villain has to have really a great. deformity, Oh, yeah, a deformity. It? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We're not trying to say that anyone, if you're a listener with a third nipple, that you're deformed in any way. Freak! But, you know. <laughs> uh, the next film we have was The Spy Who Loved Me. Was it Nina Simone who sang Nobody Does it Better? No. Or famously, we have... Was it not? Who was it? Carly Simon. Carly Simon, of course. What do I think it's Nina Simone? But I know, I don't know where I got that from. I would Carly love to, Simon, I would love to hear a Bond song by Nina She Simone. would have done great. Doesn't exist, oh, though. Oh, I know. Mm. In a world that would have been. Yeah. The, Carly Simon, lovely song. You like this one, don't you? You're yeah. a big fan of this film. I think we've, we've entered the era of um, mum songs, or rather the Bond That's songs fair. that my mum likes. And I would hazard a guess your mum probably as well. This one, not as much. I mean, obviously the next one... Um, yeah. That's her. That's her favorite one. For your eyes only, I think is her favorite. But this one, it's not. Do you want to talk a bit about this one? I don't think this is a, a hugely great. I mean, apart from the theme, it's got Ringo Starr's wife in it. Is it? Yeah. 
I don't know. This is a film I've probably seen the least. Obviously, like the it. Lotus Esprit, the submarine whole thing. That's pretty that, cool. That's, that's This iconic. is Magnet Car. Magnet Car's in this one. We did Magnet Car. I said Magnet Car so many times and just looked at you. Clearly. <laughs> you should. I think Magnet Car's in this one. I can't remember Magnet Car. Magnet Car. One of the Bond films has Magnet Car in it. Can someone write in and help us? We don't know which one it was, and it's not just in Fast 9 trailer. Yeah. It, there is a Magnet Car. In one. I think it's this one. Right. We'll see it once more. Magnet Ready? Car. Oh, no. We'll do it together. Magnet car. Love it. Okay, there cool. we go. Very good. Uh, anything else you want to say about this one? This uh, the film? villain's got webbed hands. Does he? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, Spy Love Me. Uh, uh, Lu- uh, Stromberg. 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 Cronenberg. <laughs> he, he, he wants to flood the sea and he's got webbed, webbed hands. I mean, talk about like... That- <laughs> That's like that's like being like, are you ready for your first day of being an accountant, Jimmy? Yes, I'm ready. Have you done all your prep? Yes, I read a maths book once. I feel like you're a little bit underprepared for doing the job that's available here. Yeah. Are you sure you want to flood the world with water? Yeah, I've already got webbed hands. I mean, we do have flippers now, Mr. Strongberg. Are you sure? No, no, no. Open the tabs. Let's get this place flooded. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do genuinely quite like uh, the spy led me. It's also got one of my favourite... Bond double entendres at the end. Oh, okay. Right what end, is this one? When he's sealing the deal oh, with, yeah, the bond, yeah, yeah. with the bomb. He's, like, he's like, he's, he's, he's having sex. Yeah, exactly. And rather than he's rather having, than going Q, fuck off, no. fuck off, no, no, no. fuck off, Q. I've got a girl. No, no, no. He's in, he's in, he's in <laughs> oh, the escape M. pod. He's in the escape fuck pod. He's in the escape pod we'll submarine. The corner of a bedroom Which door. <laughs> I'm about to get fucking laid. Leave. <laughs> yeah, that's what you should have. <laughs> they get picked up. They get picked up by the British and Ru- Russian kind of like coalition yes, people. Yes, yes, And the head of the KGB and M see their agents getting on it in a in a very fancy mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And M says, "Bond, what the hell do you think you're doing?" Yeah. And he says, "Keeping, Keeping the, the British, British end up, up sir." <laughs> brilliant and this is this is where the whole thing of um, the trip and steve coogan always has a funny relationship with the roger moores obviously in alan partridge he sang no one does it better in one of the really funny episodes of it but the whole thing of where he he, um he quotes a lot of um roger moore i think when he sort of says the whole thing of come come mr bond you enjoy killing just as much as i do oh Uh, it's sean connery isn't it but when i do it i do it for queen and country (laughs) come come mr bond you enjoy making uh Bread on toast, just as much as I do. But when I do it, I do it for Queen and Country. <laughs> come, come, Mr. Bond. You enjoy wearing your socks on odd feet, just as much as I do. Well, when I do it, I do it for Queen and Country. <laughs> we I all... think that's plenty. Of that. I think we've milked that. Oh, we've done, Bond, we've you done, done three. You now. enjoy milking jugs just as much. As I do. Oh, when I do it, I do it for Queen uh, and we Country. We also have the inclusion of the wonderful Richard Keel as the mysterious man with the silver teeth or is it steel teeth jaws yeah the most iconic henchman i would say our job is up there nah he's not as iconic okay as okay that's yeah probably not yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i mean where did that come and from also, someone pro- must have, i reckon someone bit their tongue in, in a meeting with it they must have been like that ah new villain new villain who could we oh fuck oh i just bit my tongue oh could you imagine if i had sharper and then they both looked at each other and went, "Are you thinking what I'm thinking?" Yeah. And then they just skipped off. But into they're the not distance. sharp, though. Have you seen? It? They're, they're they're all like flat. Yeah, but they're no, but 
Yeah, but so he like crushes them, and it's like yeah, but he bites I, I cable. So, th- but that's jaw yeah, strength. That's jaw strength. That's not to do with what his teeth are made of. Oh, I feel like this is the. I thought it were just really sharp teeth. No, they're not sharp. Oh fuck me! I'm rethinking everything because of course he bites into people. Yeah, and it doesn't leave a mark. It's because they're just he's the jaw strength. Yeah, that's why he's called Jaws. Yeah. Fuck me! This is a learning podcast. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> Profanity is included at no extra cost. <laughs> Uh, and then he returns for Moonraker, which is the next oh, in the God series. Oh, damn, Moonraker. Oh. Um, I guess we just skip through this one. I mean, this one's a weird one, isn't it? Oh, the best Song thing, choices. The, oh, the best, the best thing I can shit, say about Moonraker is, to be fair, the opening sequence is pretty badass. Yeah, Falling yeah, through the sky. yeah, that is pretty cool. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Because they must have did that for real. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another that. There's another real double entendre at the end. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's the other thing I was going to say was the um, other... In the capsule, the, the tie for greatest, um, greatest double entendre, is of what? What the hell does he think he's doing? I think he's attempting reentry. So, oh. do you get it? <laughs> Could you because imagine? they're having, they're doing. What it do you mean, Q? Gravity. Uh, I mean, sir, he's. Uh, oh, how do I say this? Basically, she's on her back, and no, no, Q, you're fine. <laughs> that would have been the better. One. I think there's a great. I think there's a great gag in Im- that where Margaret Thatcher's on the other line. Oh, is Mar- there? Margaret okay. and Dennis. Are My right. boy! Just absolutely going, there he is. <laughs> just, just being like that. We've got the Prime Minister on there. Like, oh, and it's God. just Margaret Thatcher in a kitchen. Like, this film. Just, oh, stupid, this film, stupid film. I have a weird thing with this film, but it is shit. Oh, it's rubbish in there. Um, I guess moving on to the next one after that, we have... You've got the list up there. God, I always forget. It's for your eyes only. I didn't know if it was this one or if it was Octopussy. 1981, for your eyes only. Uh, For your eyes only. This is another one that I haven't seen a huge amount. I used to own all the VHS boxes, the box sets, but I I lent this one to a friend and I never got it back. And so my my collection was always missing this one. And so by proxy, it's the one that I've not watched the most. Yeah. It's, It's problematic in that Okay, so Roger Moore's always been old, mm-hmm. but this is the one, the first one where he getting looks on a bit. really yeah, old. Yeah, he's getting on and a bit. And I think the reason for that mm-hmm. is because he he gets hit on by a 16-year-old skier. Oh, yeah. But was like, it Bambi or Bibi? Bibi or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And he's like, band. she's like that, ooh, Mr. Bond. And he's like, well, there's original, young one. <laughs> to be fair to him. He like rebukes her. He, he's like, nah. He's like, no. I don't want to be on any register. But it's, st- but it's still a bit. <laughs> come, come, Mr. Bond. You enjoy going on to the sexual offenders register just as much as I do. Oh, yes, but when I do it, I do it for Queen and Country. <laughs> uh, anything else said about the, the. This is getting awfully silly. We started really proper. For your eyes only. I think that just shows the music, how the music just became less and less of a priority as these movies got on. Didn't they? Oh, the music in the movies, yeah. Sorry, the, mo- actually, the music, yes. But the, but the the song, I absolutely love For Your Eyes Only, the song. Oh, yeah. It's like, it, it, it's like, it's got this undertone chord thing, which is just really transparent. Mm. And just this, the singing of the verse. Mm. And then when she goes, You can see so much in yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. much in me. Yes. New. And, then, and then just piano. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah, dun. and yeah. then it goes into it, and it's like that's satisfying. Yeah, it you is listen good. to it, and you're like, oh yeah, great, nice. It doesn't have too many of the Bond motifs in it. I mm-hmm. don't. I feel like the Roger Moore 
Bond songs don't they, really they have They peeled away the from that, didn't they? They peeled stuff. away from that trend of just kind of having that, that yeah, that that's a yeah, that's a fair point to make. I'd not considered that before. Moving next film we have was yeah, that we're, was we're, Octopussy, we're, surely. Oh yeah. I mean this is where that barrel was starting to get scraped. I hate I'm, Octopussy. I absolutely hate it. We had this one quite a lot. Oh. So we talked about Bond books and stuff. This has uh, a lot of property from a lady, which is the whole Fabergé yeah. egg story. What's the song? What's the song in Octopussy? All Time High, Rita Coolidge. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, arguably more famous for being in Ted when uh, Mark Wahlberg decides to stand up in a crowd and sing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a funny sequence. Yeah. I thought that was quite that good. That was funny. You know that but whole... I'll the, always yeah. remember the movie Octopussy as the one where Roger Moore saves the day in a clown costume. Clown costume, And he yep. looks so unbelievably depressed yeah, while doing it. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. And he's just like, thank God the money's good. <laughs> Does he say that? No, he doesn't you say that. You can see it in he's, his eyes. You can see it. I swear you can see it in his eyes. And at one point he's inside a fake alligator. Like, could you oh. imagine the, the meeting yeah. that went on there? He goes, we need some sort of small submersible device that can get him onto an island. Does anyone have any clues? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we probably just sort of put him under the cover of night. Probably put him in a small submersible, uh, sort of small submarine sort of thing. Yeah, that'll that'll work. That'll work. Oh, should we? What? What are you gonna say? Nah, it doesn't matter. It's silly. It's silly. Should we put him in an alligator? A fake alligator. Yeah, fake yeah. alligator. Fake alligator. Yeah. Make it so. Yeah, I like the fake alligator <laughs> okay. idea. I like it. They must have showed it to Bond. I would Bond have liked. Have just imagine this was real life, right? And they bring Q over. They fly <laughs> Q over for the mission briefing, and they go. And this piece I'm particularly proud of. He does that line. And this piece I'm particularly <laughs> proud of. Because he must have done that. Yeah, yeah, he must oh, have done sequence. that. And, then, and it's, just in a, it's just in a big cardboard crate, right? <laughs> Not a cardboard crate, but a wooden crate. And they, and they jack it open. They jack it open. With, and then it's just this alligator. And everyone goes, it's the greatest thing he's ever done. It's the, it's the greatest invention to come out of the Q branch. And Bond is like, what? the fuck is going on right now yeah. I mean that but he knows how it works he doesn't that, need the, no instructions no he doesn't he's need, James Bond yes yeah just climb inside the thing and all climb off, off swimming <laughs> paddling his legs furiously <laughs> yeah you don't need the inside, back of it how does it go it's a human powered one yeah yeah he's just pedaling oh, furiously geez, yeah, he's brought a sweat on it's got, it's like, it's got a lot it's got a little button with a with a speaker on it that it, makes alligator noises it's like the Ace Ventura you know with the rhino the pet rhino that came from the same department you know when he comes out of the arse have you seen it in yeah. uh, Pet Detective it's it not Pet Detective it's Nature Calls isn't yeah. it the second one uh, sorry we're not talking about that <laughs> what are we talking about I don't fucking know uh, next film I think it was the last one we have now yeah, we have uh, the final Roger Moore film, which was A View to a Kill. What year was this one? Oh, it was 85. 85. Wow, yeah. Uh, John Glenn did this one. Uh, th this was... <sighs> this was an odd film. Th actually, quite a memorable film. for yeah, Because you had quite cause... a series of not really memorable films. Yeah. I don't think the last three were particularly memorable. For your eyes only. Uh, I, I disagree. But I disagree, but only because I feel like everyone has in their family or somebody there there was always a member of your family for me it was like my uncle or something mm. who had a whole bunch of james bond vhs's yeah right? well we yeah did you or you had just one well i didn't i didn't i didn't but like <laughs> they, they were real they, they collectibles were yeah. but they would never be complete no there would always no, be some that some people didn't have or didn't return after they lent it to me I yep. know who you are. I know where you live. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I, th I feel like I saw, out of the Roger Moore ones, I saw The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, and The Man With The Golden Gun. Those were the ones that I saw the most. Yeah. 
And the one that I saw the least at, the ones that I saw the least actually are Live and Let Die and A View to a Kill. Okay, so the and, end, the sort of bookends of, of yeah, the Roger Moore. kind of, yeah. yeah. And I think, I feel like that's just chance. Sure. I feel like, I don't really feel like there's a general consensus, at least not in our generation. There, there is a funny little roll of the dice, because us, obviously, as, as as guys our age growing up, everyone watched Bond for our age growing up, and, and, and older than us. And there is a funny little roll of the dice, because everyone has just... It, it just so happens that these films were made available to me when I was younger, more so yeah. than these ones. Yeah. Everyone's kind of... So obviously, the other side of that is Living Like Die for me is, is that one. Uh, do we want to talk about... It's Duran Duran, isn't it? There's yeah. this one, A View to a Kill. Yeah. Great song. I yeah. really like this one, Dance Into the Fire. Yeah. It's a cool song. Yeah. And it comes back into the score. I think this is where they started to pick up the slack a little bit because the song is used in the score. And whilst we don't have the original sort of Barry-esque theme, the score leans on a lot of the theme music. I yeah. think this is a really, really good use of music, and it's the sort of instant cut to theme yeah. after the, pro- the, the the sort of um, prologue starts. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's a really I think cool when we song. Were, I think we when we're getting to, I've got a great playlist on my phone mm. of all the Bond songs, mm. right? And I think it's when we get to it's all in chronological order, and I feel like when we get to these songs, so a view a, a view to a kill, and especially the living daylights, I feel like Duran Duran and Aha are quite similar in a way yes and i really get the impression that like this is when we really see that the bond movies and the music really spanned all like generations of music yes they really mirror yeah what was going on at the time mirror the pop at the time yeah and so you hear uh, duran duran doing bond songs and you're like Christ, we've come, we've come a long way from uh, Matt Monroe, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we're not <laughs> in the like, 60s anymore. We're down to You know, we're like the 70s has now yeah. hit us. Like, that, that's a really good observation, actually. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about this film? Obviously, we, Christopher Walken, great villain in this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Mayday oh, was great. Well, yeah, he's the great, best thing about that movie. Yeah, I mean, he really... I mean, and because Roger, Roger Moore is getting on in that one. I well, mean, he is... He's over the hill. He is, oh, he is over the hill and well beyond. Yeah. They must have tried to talk him out of this one. Yeah. I think it was the other way around. I bet he went, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for half price. Uh, no, Mr. Moore, we're actually thinking of moving in a different direction. There's this really nice Welsh actor called Tim Dalton who we're looking to try and screen test. Well, whatever he can do, I can do it better. I'll be in my trailer. Oh, how the fuck do we get rid of this fucking guy from this game? I don't know. Stick him in the alligator costume. Stick him in the alligator <laughs> put him to sea. Exactly. <laughs> Send him away. Um, yeah. I guess so we wrap up there. You've still not given us our your medals yet. Well, I actually agreed with you with your gold with your gold medal. Oh, actually. you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely the it's got the most varied um, score. Yes. In it. That, that, so that was you only live twice. Yeah, the you gold only live medal. Twice. So that's two yeah. gold. Wow. Yeah, two golds for that. I hundred percent agree with that. And silver, I get silver. I gave to Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Cool. Goldfinger. Yeah. Okay. We're I've yet to give my yet to give my bronze. Okay. Fair, yeah. Me too. And I think yeah. I think we're both going to give it to the same film. Are we? Yes. Mm. I think we are. And my yeah. Anyway, I, I think I, we'll find out. I'm going to make a prediction as to which one it is. But, I'm but write it down since we've finally mm-hmm. gotten to the end of the Roger Moore era, mm-hmm. I'll pose you the same question. Mm-hmm. Favorite. Moore movie favourite Moore music well unfortunately call me old fashioned but it's the same uh, film for both questions righty ho it is Live and Let Die Live and Let Die does it both it's a great film and the songs are great that's my one what about yourself okay Um, song so I'm just writing down the yeah (laughs) song I'm actually going to say for your eyes only really yeah okay I I really really like that song okay (laughs) and I think for movie 
You're, you're spoilt for choice. I'm very much <laughs> spoilt for choice here, but I actually think oh, I'm going to give it... Oh, the hell's no. I genuinely think I'm going to give it to The Spy Who Loved Me. Nice. Nice. Okay, I think that's a good place to hold off now. Yeah, I'd say it, so. Finish part one um, for that one there. Uh, we're not going to do... Um, moving forward segment for this because this has gone on quite a lot long it's, this has gone on long enough okay yeah, get really this has. thing fucking stopped alright yeah. I'm sick and tired of this shit just get it done with how um, many more Bond exactly I know there? I know by the time we'll finish this episode there'll be a fucking new one out probably yeah they'll have announced the new one it's like, it's like they say if you lined up everyone in China you would never get to the end of the line because it would continuously grow I think that's the same thing with the oh, Bond yeah. film yeah you're absolutely if you, right if you decided to do a podcast and every single one you would never get to the end because they would keep making them out exponential rate <laughs> okay uh alex you want to just finish up what do they do what do they need to do next they like this right they need to like and subscribe mm-hmm. uh, on both itunes and spotify depending mm-hmm. on your preferred area of listening mm-hmm. uh, if you're on apple podcasts mm-hmm. uh, could trouble you to maybe leave a cheeky little review maybe yeah. tell us your favorite bond film bond score yes or just generally your favorite film or your favorite score or your most favorite inclusion of a weird instrument in a bond film for me as an example i like it when they use the penny whistle during the corkscrew sequence what well, do you remember that one the, when he does the when he lands it in oh, uh, in yes. the man with the golden gun oh exactly i can't believe they actually used that exactly oh that's terrible but so yeah that would be, that would be a fun inclusion for your review for us yeah uh, anyway yeah, and the email is, of course. Yeah, email is motionspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Okay, uh, that's enough for me. Goodbye. All right, guys. See you later. Ta ta. <laughs> <laughs>